The curtain opens. The lights go up. Those first few moments of magic. The crew that brings it all to you is here to tell you what it's like to live the backstage life. This is show call. Hey everyone, welcome to Show Call. I'm your host, Chad Allen. My guest today is the owner of the event management company, Snow Management. She also works in travel logistics, hospitality, and artist relations. Please welcome from Sao Paulo, Brazil, Mariana Neves. How are you doing, Mariana? Hi, I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How's everything down there? Uh, crazy, as I think the rest of the world yeah. is as well. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Quite insane, but, yeah. well, we're hanging in there. You guys aren't having an election, though, right now, though, right? Well, we do have an election, but not for not a presidential election. We have, like, mayors and I uh, yeah. for things mm-hmm. like that. Okay. Uh, we are having it in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah. But not just not presidential one. You guys have a very important one now. Yeah. <laughs> right. This episode is going to upload after the election, but we're, you know, just so everybody knows, we're doing this on election day. And so it's a little crazy out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I saw some videos this morning of like everyone closing the windows of all the shops and all of that yeah. for election day. Yeah. It, it is going to be crazy. Yeah. Two days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I voted just so everyone knows I voted. So uh, there's nothing more I can say other than just watching it play out. So <laughs> yeah, um, good luck to you guys there. Yeah, right. <laughs> so um, as I mentioned in your introduction, there's a few titles. Um, and uh, the, the event management company, Snowl Management. Tell me about that. Well, so um, I've been working with events for about 15 years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I decided to start this company as a, like an events project management company. So basically, I was not very comfortable with the way we were working here in general, like uh, in terms of, you know, like if you go to like an agency, especially for corporate events, uh, that you have all like that divisions of the departments, everyone does until only what you should be doing. And it's not, there's not one person that is there actually managing the whole thing with the client and Mm -hmm. really diving into like their culture and the brand and everything. So I wanted to have like a different type of uh, service to provide a different type of service. So I started with this and also to be able to work with the people that I really trust uh, around me because uh, it's very it's very different to work in Brazil. It's uh, a little bit trickier than other parts of the world that I've worked. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, things are a little bit different working in South America as you no yeah (laughs) Yeah. so you have an an idea of how different it is yeah 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 but it was i thought it was great yeah yeah it is great like we're like not to brag but we are really nice people Uh, that's true no (laughs) that's not bragging that's just that's true (laughs) yeah we're really welcoming like we like having people here um but also, like, we have a very, very different way of uh, working and doing everything, even, like, the very simple services. Uh, it's just, like, culture differences as well. Uh, if you see, like, for example, we have someone here in every single gas station to actually pump your gas. You don't have to get out of your car. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> have a lot of friends from, like, outside of the country that come here and they, like, 
you actually don't get out of your car and someone pumps the gas for you and brings the like card machine so you can pay inside you don't get out of the car at all like no i just like and that's not down my window and that's it that's not a pandemic <laughs> thing that's just how you guys no, do it <laughs> exactly we yeah. literally have someone in like a you know like a food house and like a shopping mall mm-hmm. we have someone just to clear the trays from what we eat so it's just okay. like because like we have it's such a massive country the population is so big uh we need to like create different types of jobs otherwise sure we won't yeah. have jobs for everyone so yeah uh yeah so we so we work in a little bit of a different uh way here yeah and so um tell me how you started your company well, before uh, before that sorry before yeah. that you don't just have your company in sao paulo you've done this in other parts of the world correct Yes, yes, okay. I did. Um, so I have done a few events around South America, a couple in the US, and I also uh, lived in England for uh, four years, uh, from like 2014 to 2018. Okay. Uh, so I've done a few things. Uh, well, I worked there for those four years as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, so like I've, I've done a few things around, around a few yep. countries. Yep. And you're putting on concerts? Like what? What all types of events are you putting on? Okay, so um, it really depends on the time. Like, um, so if I talk about my actual company, so I mostly would do something related to uh, the concerts in terms of uh, the artist relations or logistics, well, like travel logistics, so from flights to ground transportation, hotels, you know, that to hospitalities, dealing with the dressing rooms, catering. Um, so I usually do mostly that part or doing uh, a whole production management of uh, corporate events. Okay. And so it's, I hate to say that you're a local person because you do this in so many different areas. So it's like you're in between this tour, but not really, but not local. You just kind of <laughs> branch out. I mean, you've, you've done Rio, correct? Oh yeah. Yeah. I've, I've done uh, Rock- almost every single city in Brazil. <laughs> Have you worked Rock in Rio? Yes, I did last year. Oh actually. my god! Wow, how was that? Yeah, yeah, it was great. It was quite quite crazy. Uh, I was actually uh, as a local uh, tour manager for okay. a few bands during Rock and Rio last year. So uh, I was working with like Red Hot Chili Peppers, uh, yeah. Imagine Dragons, and Ellie Golding. So they okay. were the th- three artists that I worked with last year, and it, it is crazy. It is like the 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 biggest festival we have in the country really sure yeah it's one of the biggest festivals in the world (laughs) yeah yeah exactly so yeah so it was obviously an honor to work uh that festival uh i never actually was able to do it before so it was the Mm -hmm. first time that i I did rock and rio was last year um because i work a lot for uh another company that so basically, the person that books all the artists for Rock in Rio used to be. So he had this other company. So we would do all the like let's call it side shows in a way. Yeah. So he would book the artists for Rock in Rio and also for like a little a small tour around the country, uh, outside the dates of Rock in Rio. So we usually do the other shows and yeah. not the festival itself. But it was crazy. It's like yeah. what well, we usually Rock in Rio happens here in September. Yeah. So uh, we we used to call it the uh, the dark September. Yeah. Really? <laughs> Why yeah. is that? Be- because like, so we have Rock in Rio. So there there is like one whole team that is just doing Rock in Rio. Mm-hmm. But then you have all these artists that when you're dealing with a festival, 
uh, it's a different way of dealing with the, uh, the production managers and the tour managers because there's some kind of set guidelines so what they have. So you have like an artist's lounge and an artist's compound. This is what they get for dressing rooms. This is what they get in terms of like transportation. So you have some like set guidelines for a festival. Whereas like when you're doing just like the concerts, like their actual tour, it's a little bit different because yeah. uh, it's more focused on like just them and you're not thinking about 10, 20 artists in one stage. Sure, yeah. Um, so imagine that like they were having like to deal with the person arranging everything for Rock and Rio and then come to me and deal with everything for the other uh, the other show. So they would do Rio, but they would also do like Sao Paulo, Fortaleza, uh, Santa Catarina, like other cities around the country. Yeah. Yeah. And now I'll be doing all these other ones, but like in a very specific way. And because Rock and Rio happens in like two weeks, so all of the shows would happen in two weeks. So I remember like, for example, in 2013, it was, I think, one of the craziest ones because we had 12 shows in 14 days. Wow. Just in Sao Paulo. Like I'm not oh even, even counting the ones yeah. in the other cities. <laughs> yeah. So like, so in, in two weeks I had like, and I, I really, that is like September 2013 is one that I clearly remember even like every single day which artists played which day. Yeah. So I remember that like I had on Friday, I had Alicia Keys. On Sunday, I had Beyonce. So like, you know, we remember exactly which artists and like yeah. which day. So it would be like me picking up Alicia Keys at the airport, but also like Beyonce's crew were arriving. But then Alicia Keys was leaving because she had to go to like Rio. But then like actual Beyonce was arriving. But at the same time, like we also had Iron Maiden crew coming for oh like the gosh. show next week and Bruce Springsteen arriving and Joe Mayer. But then, when Bruce was arriving, uh, like uh, Matchbox Twenty was leaving, so like it was yeah. this kind <laughs> oh of it was this crazy thing of like literally every single day I had like one artist arriving, one artist uh, on show day, and one artist leaving. That is insane. Uh, like arriving, sorry. So like it was honestly, it was like it was a crazy. Thank God everything went really smoothly, but yeah, it is. That's why we call it the Dark September because it's like basically the month that we don't sleep at all. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> And you're organizing all this traveling. It's not just you going to pick up the artists, drop them off, all that stuff. No. You've got a so team of drivers that you're organizing all those schedules, right? Yeah. And it's not just like that. So we have like the uh, the cars companies, like the uh, transportation companies that we work with. Yeah. So and all the drivers. Uh, we also have like to before that. So not only arrange everything according to what the artist wants. Um, so we have like, for example, we start with like a difficulty in the terms of, uh, what types of cars we have available. Cause like, for example, in the U S you use a lot of SUVs, like suburbans or, yep. uh, and we, we don't really, well, we do have some now, but like, I don't know, five, 10 years ago, we didn't used to have those cars available. I remember that like I did, uh, so white snake was coming here and they wanted one. And I actually managed to find one. There was this one guy that had the only suburban in the country and it, it was just his own. He wasn't like a transportation oh, wow. company. He just rented it for us. Yeah. So I managed to find this guy, track him down and actually rent this car, which was crazy. Oh my God. Uh, so like we, we don't have the same types of cars that you guys have, or like the seats are different yeah. the way that we have the seats inside of the cars. So um, it that kind of, it starts the stress kind of, it starts there. Cause like, we have to make people, like especially like people that are not from Brazil, understand that 
we just don't have them. It's not that we don't want to provide something. We don't want to provide the service that you want. We just don't have it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we start there. And also, like, we have, for example, when you go to big cities like Sao Paulo or Rio, you really, really have to plan all the routes for everything because oh, yeah. of all the traffic. Yeah. Uh, and also because you don't want to risk, like, one of the cars with an artist. So there's an artist inside of a car going through, like, uh, one of the slums, one of the favelas, like, or some or a very dangerous area. So we have yep. to be really careful with that. And in terms of timing, because like Brazilians are not people that are very like known for punctuality. So yeah. uh, we have to like, usually like tell everyone to be there an hour ahead. So they are there on time basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to make sure that um, we are, we have everything like running smoothly. So I, all of these routes with the, like the drivers itself, uh, and also, so we have to work with the police here. We have to work with the airports because, for example, if you bring a big artist to the country, yeah. um, because of the way the airports are managed in Brazil, we cannot have any kind of like, let's call VIP service. We don't have that. Oh, wow. It's, okay. it's, we're not allowed to have that. So uh, we can only do that for kind of like, I don't know, diplomats or people like this kind of caliber but we can't do it for an artist because it's not like someone from government or anything yeah so we have to also negotiate with an airport to understand that like i can't just bring beyonce out of like a regular oh, kind of she would get arrival. yeah that would be insane <laughs> far of the airport and just make her like walk like i don't know a couple of blocks to where the cars can yeah. park and like <laughs> imagine like that happening when like people know so, like we could like for example we had like when beyonce came here even though we actually managed to have something different and I can explain how we do it. But like, we actually had people like on the roof of the airport, like right. really like, yep. oh, like it was so packed. And so we have to negotiate because the only way we can do it is if we somehow can prove that it's going to disrupt the regular service of the airport, which like, for example, bringing Beyonce through arrivals, no one else would be able to pass through that area. Yeah, because it would be so packed and such a mess yeah. that it would actually be like bad for the airport itself. So like we try to negotiate something, like kind of like a diplomat kind of service, which is not a VIP service, but it's just because we really cannot like stop yeah, the airport exactly. because an artist is arriving or leaving. Oh my god! So uh, yeah, so there's a lot of like negotiations that go into like planning just and i'm talking only about basically the ground transportation kind of oh my of god oh my god that's <laughs> yeah. insane that's insane. yeah it's really not easy and we also have to work with the police so yep. the traffic police yep. and the actual military police uh yeah so there's there's a lot really a lot involved with the like just the ground transportation itself just to example. pick up an artist from the airport yeah <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Says wow. so if you arrive here, I can just go park my car in the parking lot, go inside, pick you up, bring you to the car, and we leave, and it's fine. Yeah. But like, <laughs> oh yeah, that, that's that's not how it usually happens, and I, and that is one of the things that people usually, when you think, oh yeah, so I have to pick up an artist at the airport and bring them to the hotel, and when you don't know everything that goes around it, you're like, oh yeah, that's fine, that's easy, but it's not that simple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Let's talk about artist relations. Explain that because, um, um, you know, that's when you deal directly with the artists at the venue, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. So uh, usually we like basically uh, when once the promoters sign the contract with the artists, mm -hmm. like the local promoters to sign the contract, that's when we start talking 
with like someone like a representative of the artist. So right. usually it's like the tour manager or the production manager, and that's when we start really arranging everything for the artist's arrival uh, and for the show itself. Okay. Um, so from like getting all like the writers, so like dressing rooms or like stage. So like we have the different teams inside of like the the local promoter company that we have like the guys from like that do all the uh, AV part mm-hmm. and the guys that do deal with the hospitality dressing rooms, right. the guys that deal with like transportation or logistics, like travel logistics like I do, for example. So we have like a lot of people involved, but that's when usually we have one or two people in contact with only the production manager and the tour manager to make sure that all the information is coming from one place and like then being passed on to everyone else so usually okay. i am one of those people that is like this kind of interface with the the production or tour manager okay. uh, and that's when we start dealing with everything and once like show days are picking up we also like, we are there for basically every single thing that you guys need when you come here yeah so because also we are local so we know where to find everything you know where you should wash your clothes like do yeah. laundry yeah yeah, you can just like take it like anywhere. Right. Yeah. Um, so like we know where you should get food, where you should not get food, uh, you know, or mm-hmm. if you want to, if you need to buy something, I don't know, you need to go to a pharmacy, you need medicine, we know where to, to get it. Or if you need a doctor, we need we know who to call to actually right. bring it to either the yeah. venue or the hotel or to bring the person to uh, an actual like doctor's. Yeah. Uh, appointment so yeah uh, so like we do this whole thing and from the moment that contracts are signed until the artist leaves and then we do all like the budget reconciliation and all that part as well everything <laughs> wow <I'm... laughs> it makes me glad i'm just in the kitchen chopping food <laughs> yeah like, that's insane yeah, that, it is and it's like it's quite crazy because like when you if you tell someone that like like a friend that no doesn't know anything about the industry and say oh, yeah i work with concerts and like the backstage everyone thinks it's basically like a party because i'm hanging out with artists and i like uh all like those people that are coming from like outside of brazil and like i'm like driving in the cars or maybe i'll like have to fly on the private jet with like one of the artists to another city or like things like that and people yeah. just think we live this like massive glamorous life yeah. where everything is handed to us and then i have a butler next to me that i'll just snap my fingers and then they'll bring me i don't know some champagne or whatever but yeah. it's really not like that at all yeah. we do have fun like i'm not i'm not gonna i can't lie we do have fun yeah but also it's a lot of work a lot of work goes oh my yeah. gosh yep um so tell me how all this started for you um, so I actually started, so I lived in the U.S. when I was 16. Okay. Because I wanted to like learn English and all that. And then when I came back, uh, I was just like, I need to work, I need to work. And I have like a cousin that he used to own an event agency for a corporate events here. And I, even before I went to the U.S., I always saw him working. I was like, I think I really like what he does. It's like, it seems really cool. Mm-hmm. When I used to go to either the concerts that he was working at or like, um or any of the other events and i was just like yeah that's really cool really cool so when i came back i asked him for an opportunity uh that was before i got into university or anything else just yeah. like fresh out of high school yeah so i was just like i i need i need to do this i really want to work so i so he was like yeah come here come and talk to me 
uh and then like i started there like he didn't really talk to me that day it was actually a bit of a humiliating experience because um i got yeah. there uh, let's say that my appointment with him was like at one o'clock yeah and then like at three o'clock nothing like no sign of him he was like <laughs> i knew he was there because yeah. he passed by reception so i saw him but he was like oh, i'll talk to you later I'll talk to you later mm -hmm. and then like the person that is actually uh, was part of uh, the office management so she actually was like you know what well, come to my office we'll hang out there until like he's available so i spent about another two hours with her there talking yeah, yeah. and then literally he just came into the room and said like oh hey you're still here i was like yeah i told you i want the job so like yeah. I'm waiting. <laughs> <laughs> i was serious and he literally he just asked her he's like what do you think and she's like i think we should hire her now i was like okay yeah you start monday Right. Yeah. And that was it. So I started there. I started like as um, an intern uh, for okay. events. Mm -hmm. uh, and then because it's not like not everyone in Brazil speaks English. So that really helped me because every time they had any kind of project that had something to do with English, some kind of international part, they would ask me to help with like translating the presentations or anything like that, or even talking to suppliers yeah. abroad. Uh, so I ended up like growing quite fast mm -hmm. uh, inside of the company. And also because my cousin refused to actually acknowledge everything that I did well. <laughs> <laughs> so like, like it was actually like he was so like afraid that people would think that I was there just because I was his cousin and not because I deserved it. That right. he was actually it made it really hard for me. But uh and hence, I was really, it was amazing. Like, it was yeah. the best thing that he could yeah. have done because it made me work way harder. And, like, within, like, four years after I started, I was already an event manager. So, it was, so everything was so quick. Uh, but it was great. And then, like, since then, I've been doing, like, a lot of, I started a lot with corporate events. And then about 10 years ago, I did my first tour, which was Britney Spears uh, okay. here in Brazil. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was just because it was someone... I used to work with in the corporate events because also in the corporates we have like uh, concerts. So it was someone that worked with the artist relations within this uh, uh, corporate events concerts. And she asked me like, do you want to maybe do this uh, and try to work on a tour? I was like, yeah, sure. of course. It's like, well, you're an event producer. So it's not like you won't be able to do something, you know, because yeah. <laughs> you kind of have to do it, everything when you're like managing an event. So uh should be like relatively simple obviously it wasn't as simple as thought also yeah. because it was like um i think it was like my let's call it my baptism in like concerts yeah <laughs> uh, which was this first tour it was uh i know i'm talking a lot but like no it's it was fine. just a funny story because so sure. i got there uh and i was with the, the the tour manager and this is the first this is the first actual concert you ever first worked. actual concert okay. a proper okay. concert and tour that i worked so it was a britney spears fan fatality tour here in brazil and so, what year was this uh, sorry when was this 2011 okay okay yeah so um, I went to like the airport, picked everyone up, mm -hmm. brought everyone to the hotel and like they were coming from, uh, I don't remember if it was Abu Dhabi or Dubai, something like that. So it was like a 14 hour flight. Everyone was exhausted. Uh, so like they've been, they were touring for quite a while already. So, right. you know, everyone was quite stressed. They just wanted to get to the hotel, get into their rooms and like order some food, relax, like, you know. Like, mm -hmm. because I, then we had like the other days in the show and all of that. So we got to the hotel, managed to check everyone in. 
And then like talked to the tour manager a little bit. He was like, is everything okay? Yeah, all fine, all fine. Okay, great. Left because I was not staying at the hotel. I was staying in an apartment that right. was in Rio. Yeah. Um, and then the hotel that they were staying was right in front of basically one of the biggest uh, favela complex that we have in Rio. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and unfortunately for me, especially that day was the day that the police decided to take over the uh, favela from uh, the dealers and all that. The people that were running it. So they were going to invade the favela and catch oh, wow. the guy, like the main guy, uh, to arrest him. But also, obviously, because it was a secret operation. No one knew that this was going to happen. Yeah. And then I'm back at the apartment. I was staying in Rio. Fine. And then I get a call from the production. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, is everything okay? He's like, no. Like, there's no electricity. Like, the lights, like, went off. And then I think the generator like came on. So that was like fine. But like internet is not really working. People are trying to order room service and it's taking like almost two hours. Like, and they don't have any food. Everyone is exhausted. And then like, we look outside and it's like, everything is like pitch black because they turn all of the street lights and everything mm -hmm. off. And then we can hear people are saying that they're hearing gunshots. And like, I was like, my God, what is going on? So I was like, well, this is happening gonna... right outside your hotel room. Yes. So it's just like they <sighs> can look through the window, but like there is nothing. It's completely black. So like they can't see anything. They can just hear noises. Right. So like there were no gunshot, actual gunshots. So that didn't happen. But they were hearing like the helicopters. Oh, yeah. Going around. <laughs> yeah. But they, because they had no idea what was going on. So they could hear helicopters and the sea. So like the waves crashing. Yep. And like that whole sound with like not being able to see anything. And knowing there was a favela across the street, they were like, that's it. We're going to die. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> and also the fact that like they were exhausting and wanting food. And because there was no electricity and they were like, they were not really expecting for yeah. this to happen and not have like the whole um everyone the whole team of the hotel everything working a hundred percent so they can mm -hmm. actually provide like a better service for everyone yeah so it was just chaos I, I jumped like quickly like in a taxi got back to the hotel the police actually blocked me like close to the hotel street yeah uh there was like a little like a block like a roadblock and the police said like i can't let you go through there's something going on i can't let you go through i'm like Please, I started explaining. Yeah. Like, I have to do this. Yeah. I have like a whole of Britney Spears crew in this hotel, and they're going insane. And, like, I have to explain to this bunch oh of like people that are foreigners. They have no idea of how things work here. Yeah. That like, what is happening? Uh, so yeah, it was it was like they actually thank God I managed to convince them. So they let me like through, and I wow. met the, with the tour manager there, try to explain everything, calm them down. I uh, talked to the hotel as well. And, and what, all, was their but... what was their reaction to all this? So, like, they, they kept saying that, like, there were gunshots. They were hearing gunshots. And by the time I got there, uh, it was quiet. I could just, like, there was just one point I could hear the helicopter. And actually, I went up to, like, one of the, the guy's room to, like, because he was like, you know, like, you can hear it from my room. I was yeah. like, okay, let's go up there and see what it is. And I got there, and there's actually, I, I could recognize there was the sound of the helicopter and the waves. Yeah. crashing and that is what they were thinking that could be because they didn't know what it was and then like on the street outside of the hotel they could see the police guys with like those massive guns and they're like oh, thinking obviously yeah that's what yeah. you would think isn't it right especially knowing the favela across the street 
So I managed to calm everyone down, thank God. And then like next day there was like, it was like on the news everywhere about what happened. I was like, great. My first day on the news. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. First day that I decided my first concert and the first day that I actually meet everyone. Here I am in the middle of this. Oh my God. Yeah, it was quite insane. (laughs) My first day was nowhere near that crazy. (laughs) <laughs> that's that's <insane>. yeah <laughs> yeah I, I wanted some excitement for my first day so oh yeah <laughs> well besides the uh the cop action and besides uh you know the drug busts and all the insanity what's the most <laughs> exciting part of your job um oh my god and besides honestly, all the shootouts <laughs> <laughs> there were no shootouts there were no gunshots oh, yeah. <laughs> at all and honestly that was actually a real thing they actually took over the favela with no not using like not firing a gun at all. Oh, wow. Okay. Great. Wow. Um, so, yeah, so I think there's a lot of parts of my job that I absolutely love. Uh, I do love seeing people happy. Like, I do yeah. love, like, helping people, like, with whatever they need, sure. um, like, solving problems and things like that. Um, and when, so the, the part, like, the backstage part, when I see that, like, I can solve a problem for the artist or the crew, that you really need and you have no idea of how to get it. Or even if I can just make your life like easier. Like for example, when we worked together and the YouTube and the Gallagher tour here in Brazil mm-hmm. and like just being able like, you know, we had like two, more than 200 people in the crew yeah. that I had to bring like in and out with like, I actually had to use vans because we couldn't, we couldn't use buses going around town because there is like this restriction of buses actually driving yeah. around. So like with 200 people coming in different times, different places and like all the roadblocks and all the traffic in the city that is already crazy. Because uh, like for people that don't know, Sao Paulo is kind of like basically New York on steroids. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is actually true. That's the best way I found to describe to uh, my friends that are not from Brazil. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, Sao Paulo is a massive city with the crazy chaotic traffic um and actually like being able to make sure that you can leave the hotel and get to the venue as quickly as possible or back to the hotel because you need to rest sometimes you don't have a lot of time to rest have just a couple of hours to sleep and like you know or even just like doing a little thing as like i don't know someone is like not feeling well and i can actually provide somehow like even like bringing a doctor or medicine make you feel better yeah. Uh, make you enjoy yourselves while you're there not having to worry about what's going on uh, and also I think the other part is when you actually you're doing all of this and the artist is on stage mm-hmm. and you like when you go there and like try to like watch it you go to the side of the stage and you look at it and you can see the whole crowd like singing a song like everyone crazy about that artist yeah. and extremely happy yeah. that feeling for me when I see all that uh, it's just like oh it, I don't know it's yes. mind-blowing it's completely mind-blowing yeah yeah it always it, it gets me every time i try to step outside and you know watch a little bit of it but a lot of times yeah i find myself watching the crowd more than i do the show yeah yeah it's the same for me <laughs> yeah. it's the same for me i like because when you see like you know, those really like like big fans of the band like singing the songs and they're crying and everything is going like well running smoothly you know that the artist is happy because you're yeah. working backstage yeah. and you know how the crew is and everything and you also know that the crowd is happy you're like oh my god this is like yeah. this is great <laughs> yeah. this is the best I, feeling i love it i love it uh is there a show 
besides your first one with Britney Spears, <laughs> is, is there a show, you know, other than that, that sticks out in your mind? Uh, oh, quite a few actually, but I yeah. think like two of them, one of them was Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. Why, oh why is that? Why is that? Hey, come on. <laughs> do I have to explain? He is the boss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe because you have a thing for the boss. Oh, yeah. I'm crazy about him. Yeah. <laughs> okay. There you go. If you're listening to this, just give me a call. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. You have a wife. You love her. I know. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I am, I am absolutely crazy. I am actually like Bruce Springsteen fan. Uh, and mm -hmm. but seeing him on stage. Because I had never, had never seen him uh, live, and then the first time I did was the experience of working with him as well. Yeah. And it's like to start with, like when I went to pick him up at the airport, he was just the nicest person I've, like, one of the nicest people I've ever met in my life. And he's so fit. God, even for oh, as yeah. old as he is, he's just yeah, ripped. he's as old as my dad. But... <laughs> well. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's just so like gentle and so nice. It's so friendly to absolutely every single person mm -hmm. that uh, I already like. I felt even more in love with him when I met him, and then like seeing him doing like two and a half hours of like a show, going crazy, like yeah, kicking around great. the stage, basically. Yeah, uh, and it was it was basically like a dream come true. That was one, and also and also the one that we worked together, like you two and Noah Gallagher, because that yeah. was yeah. Yeah, that was a big one for me as well. Yeah, me too. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty special. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and I think also because we had so many shows in Sao Paulo. Yeah. Um, and um, so I think we did five shows in the same venue, like in uh -huh. like one yep. within like one week or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, it was quite crazy, and also I am a YouTube and an old Gallagher fan. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, and but like seeing like that that was one like a very challenging one especially because back then i was living in england actually so i came That's here right. came to yeah. brazil yeah. for two months just to do that tour wow just to work on two that months tour. yeah so it was two months in total because i had to do all the planning before that's right. Yeah. Wow. Which I'm sure yeah. was a lot of planning because of the that tour was in town what two weeks? Thir yeah. So we were about two weeks. Fourteen here. days, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you, you guys were here about two weeks, and it was the last part of the tour. Yeah. Yeah. So you also had the party, like the end of the tour, like party. <laughs> Which, oh, by the way, Which that, where, where we met. <laughs> yep. That is that is one of the coolest how I met someone stories ever. Uh, yeah, you can tell that one. <laughs> well, I, okay, I won't go into too much detail, but, uh, you know, yeah, in a tour party, but happened pretty early on when we got there, right? Yeah, it and, was just like the next day. Yeah. Because then we had shows like until you basically left. Yeah, and it's a super cool club, uh, a really cool band, live band playing, and uh, we're out there dancing and drinking, and then I, I see this like group of people, and I see this girl with his this bright smile like smiling at us through the window and i was like what are they doing over there they need to be here <laughs> dancing with us and partying with us and so i, <laughs> I had a, maybe a few drinks um and went <laughs> through the kitchen <laughs> i found a doorway went through the kitchen and it was like and the guy's like sir and i'm like no 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 it's cool it's cool <laughs> i work in the kitchen too go? i have a food permit 
in the state of Washington. <laughs> so we're cool. I'm cool. I got clearance. <laughs> where's that girl? And the guy was like, yeah. She and I was like, finished. where's the girl smiling through the window? That girl. And I was trying to des- describe you to the sh- to that chef or cook or whoever that was. And he was like, sir, you need to get out there. You need to get out of here. And he didn't really speak English. <laughs> no, but I was like, it's so okay. They were trying to describe me in English as someone who didn't yeah. speak in English. I wasn't there anymore. And they were like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even try to, I don't even think I was like, I'm with the band. I was more like, it's okay. I work in kitchens too. <laughs> uh, so we're cool. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then like, I was oh, like, of course, now and, you can come in. <laughs> and you just disappeared. And I was like, where did she go? So the rest of the night, I'm like, where was that girl? <laughs> and uh uh finally you know like the night went on and then um got into the van and uh and I there you there. are getting ready to <laughs> slide the van door and i stopped you from sliding the van i was like you <laughs> you're the girl smiling through the window who are you what is your story what are you doing <laughs> where did you come from <laughs> yeah and you actually managed to convince uh there was uh this woman from live nation that was actually the person that was giving me all the instructions yep. for the party uh and like she came out when you were talking to me and you're like i told her that she has to go inside and get some drinks but she's saying no because she's working yeah <laughs> you have to convince her yeah <laughs> tell her tell her she needs to be partying with us <laughs> yeah yeah i mean there's a little yeah. there's more to the story that i kind of i don't think and that's the start of a great friendship it, 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 oh yeah it was it was great i mean that, i guess you know, <laughs> there's parts of the story I'm, I kind of, I, I have to kind of leave out, but <laughs> uh, so I guess like, you know, the doesn't sound like the greatest story <laughs> or it's like, at least it's my favorite story of how I met someone. Um, so what are some of the mistakes that you've made early in your career? Oh my God. Um, I think one of them was uh, underestimating the fact that like, Basically, uh, to give you a lot of context, so like in Brazil, like I said, like we're not really known for punctuality. So, um, for example, if I have to pick you up at the airport and I need to call the driver, so I need to usually call the driver an hour before, half an hour before, a few minutes before, make sure that he's there. And like Mm -hmm. I actually, so let's say that you arrive at three o'clock. So at 2.30, I have the driver meet me where I have to pick you up just to make sure that he's there. Because he might tell me that he's there and he's not. Okay. He's still on okay. the way. Um, so, and also, like, so, like, I always, like, at the beginning, right at the beginning, I did that a lot of, like, always making sure that I was there at the airport. And right. I was uh, making sure that the drivers were there and meeting all the drivers. And then at some point, uh, there were, like, simultaneous uh, people arriving. And I decided to just trust the company. And sure. say, like, look, I'm going to call the drivers an hour before, half an hour before to make sure that you are there, but I won't be there. Yeah. So, like, when I tell you, you have to, like, pull up here, you have to do it. Uh, because I won't be there. Uh, and then I was doing the arrivals from, like, the other party. Uh, and, well, the thing is, basically, the drivers lied to me. So I needed, to, I, I was supposed to have four vans arriving only one of them arrived. Oh, wow. And I had a crew of like, I don't know, 60 people arriving exhausted. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Wanting to go to the hotel. And I basically had no way to move them from the airport to the hotel. So, like, I was 
actually greeting one of the artists in one part of the airport where at that other side there was no one greeting them and I had like the production manager and luckily there was someone from like the local promoter uh, that I knew uh, traveling with them sure. so like she was calling me and being like where are the cars like what do we do I was like I like honestly like the only thing I can do is put everyone in a taxi I'll make sure the hotel like send them to the hotel I'll make sure the hotel pays and I will like, refund them I'll talk to the hotel started calling them to ask for this help and like um, I think that was like when I really uh, so I really understood that like I cannot definitely not like, just trust the everyone here to do their jobs basically yeah. because it's not that like they're not professionals but like people in brazil are very used to having someone basically babysitting every single type of job so uh for example i have to be in a way a babysitter for the drivers to make sure that they are doing what they do so like yeah they they basically just march to whatever i say and like see me like i guide them to what they have to do so when there's no one there to do it even though they know technically what they should be doing, they still won't do necessarily. So, oh my God. so you, so you they would just do... sit there and be like, Oh, I was waiting for you to like call me or whatever. Yeah. Or I was waiting. I didn't see you or I'm like, come on, you know that you had to pick them up, but still I think that was one wow. of the, the big mistakes. <laughs> the beginning. Oh my God. So you have to do pretty much everything just short of putting tracking devices on their vehicles. Right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but now constantly like, calling now with them, what, constantly I, texting. Yeah, but now I actually just add everyone on WhatsApp and ask them to share their live location with me twenty four seven. That's smart. Okay, well there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it just it drains my data and my battery, but like yeah, I better. <laughs> <laughs> I rather have that than like actually. Yeah. Have this happen oh my again. God. Oh my God. Do you have a favorite venue in mind? Uh, well, I have in Brazil. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is Allianz Park. Um, okay. So is um, so it's like a. It was a recently like re like they redone the whole stadium. So they basically like uh, built a whole new stadium for like one of the teams that we have here in the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they did everything like very high tech and like they really thought like really thought well about everything. Yeah. Actually, one of my really good friends was uh the guy uh actually planning all the operations for the venue before it opened so like it was good because we really like he really knew exactly what we needed in terms of like to do events there as well as the football like the soccer sorry for your games sure yeah so uh he knew exactly what we needed for everything so like when he was planning the whole operation part of the stadium he did it really well obviously he's like a great um great professional mm-hmm. um so i think like that is my favorite venue here i do love the o2 in the uk in london okay i do like it a lot um but yeah like i don't know if i have like a favorite one in the us because like, i haven't i haven't worked like often in like one place to make sure that like oh dad this is a well, really good one i'll save you some time it's the gorge just trust me <laughs> <laughs> i haven't been there yet i was supposed to go there this year for Dave i know Matthews, but like, i know yeah yeah yep. me too i really I know. really want to go to yeah yeah uh speaking of which um you uh, you guys are shut down as well down there right uh yeah yeah okay and uh what's the last event that you worked uh oh the last event i worked was canceled half like 
halfway through it. Uh, so it was so like were, an actual. You were starting it and then it got canceled. Yeah. So we, we actually had, so it was like an event for 4,000 people in the northeast of the country. Uh, we were already there. But uh, so we had basically everything built. So the guests were supposed to arrive, I think, like what two days after that. Was this? It was a corporate event. Okay. Okay. Uh, that basically is like one of the biggest uh, mobile uh, network of companies in the country. Mm-hmm. So they are ba- pretty much bringing ev- like all of their employees there uh, for this event in like two waves. So uh, we had like the whole company was supposed to go there, like arrive two days after they decided to cancel everything. Right. So we basically yeah. had everything built. So we we built a whole arena to actually have like four thousand people there and all like we had all the AV set up everything. So we were actually doing like uh, the rehearsals and things like that sure, by that yeah, point already. Yeah. Uh, and then like they decided to obviously cancel it because they already knew that there were some cases like COVID cases in that within the company from people that had traveled abroad. Oh wow! And yeah. they were supposed to bring the whole company in, so they can't risk actually. Yeah, you know. Four thousand yeah. people getting sick, so they canceled it halfway through. So I had to like to like change everything, obviously, to bring everyone that was already there working back. Uh, and as soon as I got here, it was that was it, lockdown. Oh my god, yeah. How are they handling it over there? Uh, well, the thing is, right now in Brazil, things are open, like. Restaurants are open, like pretty much everything is open. Uh, working like a different, like little times, like so you can't. I don't don't remember right now exactly how it is, but like let's say that a bar can only open for eight hours instead of like right. being able to open, like be open the whole day to whatever time they want. Yeah. But they can choose what times they're open, like so they can work for eight hours. There's like the, obviously the trying to do like distancing, everyone wearing a mask. But at the same time, like we are a Latin country, so like yeah. people like to talk and drink and dance. And, like, oh yeah. <laughs> so, uh, like I can't say. Uh, well, we're not really respecting it in terms of like wearing masks and everything like that. Also because of like our government, like our president saying a lot of things that go against what the scientists are saying or the world. I have no idea what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. He's actually really good work, really good friends with uh, someone that rules your country as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah that that rule that's <laughs> putting that, that that's using that word very loosely, but but yeah, they <laughs> they seem to be handling things a little similar similarly, huh? Yeah, yeah, just a little bit worse, but yeah, very close. <laughs> yeah, God, that sucks. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Yeah. Well, um, you know, uh, I'm going to wrap it up here. Uh, hopefully things get better for you guys down there. Um, Thank you. Yeah, for you too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but before we go, your favorite steakhouse in Sao Paulo. Ooh. <laughs> oh, my God. No, you got me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, because, like, there's, like, the steakhouses, like they are famous because they are the ones that all you can eat. You just have the the yeah. little uh, yeah. <laughs> the little circle thing, like at the like the little coaster on the table that you turn green or red yeah. when you want yeah. them to bring uh, more meat or stock, yeah. <laughs> or you, or maybe you just want to take a break to give a little yeah. bit of yeah. space and like <laughs> I don't know, unbutton your jeans or whatever. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so there are those ones, and usually, like we do, take 
uh, people to two places here. Like, uh, yeah. if you're not from Brazil, which is Vento Aragano, is like one of the best ones. Yeah. Also, Vento Aragano. But also, like, we do have a lot of like great places that are just like regular restaurants that do yeah. steak because, yeah. like, that is basically part of our like daily meals. So, mm-hmm. like, a regular, if you say, like, oh, what is the thing that a Brazilian would probably eat every day? It's like meat, rice, beans. Yep. kind of thing <laughs> so we do like usually have meat with all of our meals so like yep. runch yep. dinner um so yeah so basically we do have a lot of great restaurants yeah. so well if you want to you can just if any of you are coming here you can just hit me up i'll give you a list oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know i do I, I i did appreciate that about you very much is uh showing me all the all the hot spots all the good spots in in sao paulo yeah it, yeah you guys have great pizza too Oh yes, we have yeah. um, you know, but like it's not yeah, it's São Paulo. Don't don't try the pizza in Rio. I'm sorry, like, <laughs> but we have to be honest. So like, São Paulo is a city that it's not like a, like a tourist kind of city like Rio is with all the places like sightings and all that. Yeah, it's a city that you come to if you want to like have the best service, the best food, and the best nightlife. This is São Paulo. The the this so is- the guy drops the pizza on our table. Okay. And then serves us the slices on our plate and then stands by. Literally, the waiter, he's standing by waiting to see if we needed more. And I'm like, is this guy okay? Like, <laughs> what ha- what's going on? Like, is he, yeah, is he weirded out by me? Think, and some, some people are sometimes. Like a private but, butler. Yeah. And then, you know, when we eat our slice or two or whatever, he comes right over and he puts another slice on our. That was a very bizarre, but it was next level customer service yeah that's it like customer service in sao paulo is really really good yep yep. it's honestly really good yep well mariana thank you very much for taking the time to to chat with me thank you it was an honor yeah (laughs) and uh we're really really excited about this yeah me too (laughs) uh and and hopefully we'll we'll chat again soon yes yes definitely thank you so so much yep. congratulations for uh starting this project it's really yeah, nice thanks <laughs> like listening to every single episode oh thank you <laughs> and thank you everyone for listening to show call To help save live events and the crew that make them happen, visit WeMakeEvents.org and tell your representatives how important live music is to you. To help save venues in Washington State, visit KeepMusicLiveWA.com. If you live outside of Washington State, you can visit SaveOurStages.com. If you'd like to be on the show, contact us at guests at ShowCallPodcast.com. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Amazon, and Google Play. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. New episodes uploaded every Tuesday. See you next week. We make events, keep music live WA, and save our stages is not affiliated with Show Call Podcast and is not responsible for the views on the show.